0: Just when you think this team is done, toast, it's over. They pull you back in. They pull themselves back out of the fire with a win against Illinois last night at the Bryce Jordan Center with a historic performance. We're going to talk about that on the Hoop Show, which is right now. Penn State on a four-game skid had to have it. Had to have it. You could have said that about any of the other four games, but yeah. backs against the wall last night, Nate Bauer. And uh they delivered and then some. Uh, how yeah. you doing? What are you thinking?
1: I'm I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. All of the niceties. We're we're back. Uh yeah, we but are. I, look, it was a it was a huge. It was a huge game for Penn State. I mean, obviously, it was a huge game. It was, uh, you, you know, the the way that things had spiraled on them. I'm not going to say was like totally inconceivable. It, you know, teams lose games. That that happens sometimes, including games that you don't expect necessarily to lose. Um, but they were, the Big Ten is hard, right? Like it, it was right. just this matter of. It happening at kind of the worst possible time for Penn State. If you had gone through this earlier in the the season, earlier in January, okay, it it is what it is. You have time to to get yourself out of it, and we'll get into talking about this later, but Penn State can still reach its aspirations. The window is still there. It's just extraordinarily tight. It is extraordinarily tight for them to get what they need, but getting past Illinois on Tuesday night was an essential ingredient to that end.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, uh, was it a surprise given that Penn State was able to do this to Illinois previously, like coming into this game, you're on a four game skid. I think a lot of people would say writing on the wall, another team that's on the opposite trajectory, but a team that yeah. you were able to do this to previously. What were your thoughts, I guess coming into the game in terms of expected outcome?
1: I I think that I'm at the point where we know who and what this Penn state team is. There are no, like it's not a surprise at this point that they can go bonkers scoring the basketball. They have that ability. I mean, it's always been there. Uh, It's just a matter of how consistent can it be and how much greater does it have to be to make up for whatever deficiencies the defense has, right? If if the, if the defense, if Penn state's defense is just not there and not engaged and somebody that they're playing against goes off on them at this point, that's not a surprise. Yeah. But it's also not a surprise to see Penn state just shoot the heck out of the ball at the Bryce Jordan center. And so any given night that can happen. And I thought, Illinois was a team that had won eight of 10 in the big 10 coming into the game. It it was a perfect night for their letdown and for Penn state to just smoke show it, right. Just go, just go crazy. Uh, And that's exactly what happened. So before we
0: get into the game, let's, let's get to the end. First talk about the outcome. Where does this win place them in jockeying for postseason position? How, how much of a benefit is it? And um how much does this lift their profile?
1: Yeah, I, I think that it is um you know, is it is it this massive lift? I, I don't know if I would say that. I I mean certainly they're still in the bottom half of the Big Ten standings. It was a game that Penn State like had to if they lose it now you've more or less run out of chances. We've always kind of projected this and, and we can finally talk about it. Uh, it's really 10 wins. It's 10 wins in the big 10. If you get the 10 in the big 10 go 10 and 10, and then depending on your matchup in the first round of the big 10 tournament, uh, which is likely to be against another quality team, given the way that the big 10 looks this year, you're going to be fine. You're, you're probably going to get into the tournament unless something really crazy happens. They've done enough at this point in terms of quad 1, quad 2 avoiding bad losses. Uh you, you know, but you look at the Big 10 standings. <laughs> they're still they're 6 and 9, which still puts them at 11th seed right now. Uh yeah. th- the issue for them and it's not an issue, it's actually to their benefit is they're going to play the 14th team coming up here in Minnesota and the 13th team in Ohio state. So there are two conceivable wins for Penn state right there that get you a a, kind of an immediate chance to get yourself back into the picture. Yeah. Uh, It's just a matter of (laughs) Penn state has not done that this season, but
0: they're on the road, both those games at uh, in Minnesota and in Ohio. So yeah, there's the other part of this team. And the other part of this season is uh, the confidence factor. I don't feel like yep. you can be super confident that this team is going to get it done. But as you pointed out, they can get it done at any at any moment, at any point. Um, so it's just it's an interesting place for them to be before they head into uh, the final three games. And we'll just lay it out for yeah. you so you have an idea of what's coming up before the Big Ten tournament um, in the first full week of March. I think it is. Uh, you've got the yep. two games we just talked about and then Rutgers at home. Looks like that's going to be a mm-hmm. whiteout. And then at Northwestern and then Senior Day versus Maryland. So, uh, it, you know, at Northwestern, that's a tough one. And then some strong teams to close out their their regular season. Uh, let's talk yep. about last night, though, um, you know, because yep. I, I think that will take care of itself. We understand Penn State home and away. We understand all the, you know, kind of the tentpole themes of this season so far. But what I don't think I expected and what you alluded to is like, it's not a it's not unheard of that this team would go on a four-game losing streak. But it was a b- bit of a surprise that they didn't at least hold serve a little bit. Uh, what did Micah Shrewsbury have to say about that uh, last night after the win and everyone kind of exhaled?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, certainly, um, you know, this was a team. Let me just give you my, like, outside <laughs> perspective. And and I think that he alludes to it. You can, If you read between the lines of what he's saying here, uh, this was a program that got tight. They, they did the, like the moment was too big for them. They the pressure of becoming a tournament team, reaching their aspirations, all of those things, it just got to be too big. And so and, and you see this all the time, you see this in in other sports where and and even in Penn State basketball, I mean, this is a a, a Penn State basketball storyline that has repeated itself. Really, throughout my tenure covering the team, which is close to 20 years now, of a team that has some juice and is able to maybe, you know, get a good win here, a good win there, uh, but then loses some games and digs itself so much of a hole that finally, once the pressure comes off and there are no more aspirations to still be achieved. They go out and play their best basketball, <laughs> they, right? They go out and play their best, whatever it is, whatever sport you're talking about. I mean, yeah. it happens in golf all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, and so I think that's a little bit of what happened is in, and Michael Shrewsbury talks about it like uh, winning despite their head coach. And what he's saying there is that he has been a bear to be around, he has not been a pleasant dude over the past really. Four six weeks. Okay. Yeah. That everything is just built up and so tight. Um, that I think finally, for whatever reason, they played well against Minnesota or excuse me, Maryland. They played well at Merrigan for long stretches of that game. They got themselves out of a big hole, they were competitive. Maryland, you know, had the final knockout blow. Okay. But they played well enough to say, you know what. Uh, here is the reminder of the team that they can be. This is, this is what they are capable of. And they brought that back with them to stay college after that trip.
2: Um, When we came back Sunday after that game, there was a, like you could see like an air of confidence. And then it, it, we had a good day of practice and then we came back yesterday and we had another good day of practice. And then when I walked down for shoot around today, and then throughout our shoot around, our spirit was great. Our spirit was great. Like those guys aren't, they weren't broken. They weren't broken. They were together. They were ready to fight. They were ready to fight together. And I think that's the biggest thing is, um, they didn't let anything affect them. Right. That's, uh, um, you know, a sign of maturity. That's a sign of a group that's, that's together. And, um, like I said, I'm, I'm proud of those guys. They're winning despite their coach.
0: Do you think what he's saying, despite their coach, meaning he put the pressure on them of being a tournament team and that was too much? Is that what you were alluding to earlier of he was trying to get them to, I hate to use it this way, to man up and to reach the moment instead of being loose and maybe this team needs a little bit more loose.
1: Yes, Cool. I I do. I, no, I, <laughs> I think, on. I think, no, it's, it's, it's hard because you, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be overly critical, but if I'm from the outside looking in and examining this guy as a head coach, Micah, um, and, and what he's done at Penn state so far, I think that this has been a learning curve for him of how to manage people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it's, and it's been it's been different at different points in his career as a, as an assistant coach for all those years, you don't necessarily have to do it at the level on the broad scale that you do as a head coach, as an assistant, you can, you can, you have your guys. They're, are dudes who you're kind of responsible for, and you get to know them so well, like a position coach, you, you know, this right. in, in football. Right. Uh, and so you, you have those relationships and they're developed and you, you just, you know, what makes people tick. I don't think that this year for, for one reason or another, you've got all these new personalities. There's, there's eight players that are new to the program as of this year. Okay. Figuring that out, figuring right. The alchemy of how do you get the most out of these specific players together? Who, who responds well to really hard nosed negative style coaching. Who responds well, or or who doesn't respond well to that, right? Like that, all yeah. of that has been a balance, I think, for him that he is acknowledging uh, of being difficult for him, and and final again, like I said, it it, it, it has finally reached a point where, okay, Micah, <laughs> relax, okay, like it, it is it. Everybody has been wound so tight, and a lot of that has been. A trickle down effect. When mm-hmm. when the leader is tight, it, it, it often happens that you're going to see ramifications of that in the players that he's coaching. And so, again, they 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 he talked about last night making a conscious effort, trying to direct the program into in, in, injecting more positivity into post game notes, picking out the good things, and and, right. and like actually focusing on them, not as much as. Uh, or, or as much as I should say, the bad things, and so to be able to come out of that and and like, oh, you know, have the weight come off and see yeah. the positive result of that, I think is is very very much a a positive thing for this program moving forward, as the pressure will again mount up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like it's, not, it's not going with good. these with these games that are expected to win. It seems like Correct. the ones that that are the toughest for this team are the you're expected to win this game or it's it's a pickem game. Something like just being on the road has always been a problem, but being on the road against a team that is not your uh direct competition, you know, not one of the guys not but, one of the teams in the middle of the Big 10. So, you got two yeah. of those coming up next.
1: Yep. Yep, but is that but that's the question is did this win revert this group into, uh, oh my goodness, we, we still have a chance. We we gotta right, like all of this yeah. is still in front of us, and that's all that pressure. Is it that, or is it? Oh, okay. Hey, this didn't work. <laughs> being being stressed out of our minds did not work. It did yeah. not serve us well. Yeah. Uh, once we removed that stress, or or at least diminished it to a certain extent. It helped. It it helped. So, so, okay. Like you, you, it's just, and I I'm talking circles here because that is the balance and that's the impossibility of this is Penn state needs to play loose and free the way that it did on Tuesday night to continue to have success. But if it plays so loose and free that it's sloppy and uncharacteristic of itself and doesn't meet its it its standard of play, All of the things that it wants to happen in the future are going to be eliminated. (laughs) There will be no possibility uh, if they drop a game that they really should not uh, lose. And that includes very specifically Minnesota up next.
0: Yeah. It always helps when you have a guy go for 40 plus points. If you can get that, like you're doing, you're doing great. And, and yesterday who Jalen Pickett was fun to watch. He was awesome. Um, where do you want to start with Jalen Pickett, the shooting, the defense, the decision-making It felt like uh, that you could pick out just about anything. And and he was just perfect on it last
1: night. Yeah, no, he was, he was exceptional. There's no question about it. It was, it was an interesting dynamic to me because one I've never seen in person. uh, I'm trying to think if anybody scored 41 on Penn state, maybe, but probably not. I mean, I've seen, right. We've all seen dynamic performances. I mean, heck uh went for 30 <laughs> against yes. this team uh, just a couple of, uh, a couple of days ago, but I've never, I, I don't think I've ever seen 41. It, it always felt though, as though the rest of the team was involved. It, it never yeah. felt like a, a, a ball dominant. Uh, and in a lot of ways, Penn State's offense is ball dominant for, Jalen Pickett in the first place he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot but he had 8 assists last night yeah. as well right so so other people were scoring other people were yeah. contributing there were other things happening where it wasn't such a heavy dose of hey every trip down the floor this guy is going to take a shot he he just did it on such a remarkably efficient clip he made 15 of 20 shots last yeah. night and in a key, he made five of nine three pointers. That's that's a differentiator. He yeah. doesn't make a ton of three pointers. He doesn't take a ton of three pointers. And Brad Underwood was asked about it after the game, uh, about what happens when Pickett does make three pointers, and it was the first thing out of his mouth. Underwood was like, "He's a pro. He's a pro. Yeah. If he if he's making three, it's it's almost the Lamar Stevens equation of if this element of his game." take shape and he's a guy who can be extremely effective and dangerous from three uh, you know, it is, it is limitless uh, potential for, for Jalen Pickett. And that's what happened on, uh, on Tuesday night.
0: Yeah. And I think that the the shooting efficiency is obviously where you, you pointed out, but the rest of his game was exactly what Jalen Pickett has done. Most of the season is setting people up for good looks. They hit them last night and then he added 15 to 20, Shooting, so it's yep. um, it, it was a really impressive performance, and like you said, shows the full range of what he could do. The only thing he didn't get a whole lot of were rebounds the other night because everyone was hitting their shots, like they weren't getting yep. any offensive rebounds. Um, and you know, it was uh, it just wasn't in the cards last night, but um, the the first half especially, and some of the key moments of heading into halftime and then coming out of halftime, setting up plays for him. And then the other thing I thought that I, was was really interesting was the way Illinois was defending him. Uh, it, it felt like they didn't really know what they wanted to do at times, and they were switching, but then they weren't switching, and then they fell off. And he had a lot of open threes because the defense just got super confused at times. The, I mean, one of them, I think it was the either before or after the step back three, he had a guy in his face. Two guys are switching. One guy uh, sloughs off and he just shoots the three. I mean, he had yeah. the opportunity because it felt like Illinois was not on their game either. So it was kind of a perfect storm.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that's right on. And that's what Underwood said afterwards was that they, they, they let him, through defensive lapses, walk into the first two three-pointers that he made. And once he was feeling good, that, that was what became evident very early in the game was – Pickett knew he had it, and it never went away. Right? Yeah. I mean, the uh, and you've seen this a lot, or I've seen this a lot this season. Of you know, Pickett can be super hot, or Lundy can be super hot, and all of these guys give themselves heat checks to a certain extent. Uh, and <laughs> Andrew you know, you get to, did
0: do that last
1: night, where he was shooting from Steph Curry range, <laughs> and and you get the heat check moment, and you find out, oh, okay, you're not you're not God on this particular night. But guess what? Jalen Pickett was, was pretty darn close in terms of his, his, I mean, they just, they all went in, they all went in and uh, you know, he he just had, he did it in a, in a range of different capacities. He he was in the paint as he always is, but also again, like I said, I mean, mid range and outside, he was effective as well, uh, but also, also setting other guys up for shots. I mean, it was just, it was really a complete effort. And to me, much, much more impressive than uh, even the the triple-double that he had, just given the, the circumstance and how he did it on Tuesday night. And here's how Michael Shrewsbury sums it up.
2: That's special, man. Um, you know, sometimes when you're going through it, you just need somebody special to have a special performance. And I think that's what he did. Um, but not to, like, downplay what some of the other guys did. I thought they're... Maybe they didn't score as much. Maybe they didn't rebound as much, but I thought their effort and some of the contributions we got from everybody was special.
0: I think he he makes a good point there that it was, I mean, you got to 93 points because you had a full team effort. This is the BWI Hoop Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. He's Nate Bauer. Uh, We're discussing Penn State's win over Illinois, if you would be so kind. Please like the video, subscribe to Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube. Appreciate all the support, and of course, if you want to uh, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, download, auto download, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, we we have a growing show here, and I was a little concerned after that four game skid. Like, what's going to happen? People's interest in this team because it is very dependent on how good they are. <laughs> Yeah. and you guys are staying strong and steady so appreciate uh, people who are here for the show here to hear that are here to listen to what Nate has to say and all of his interesting insights about the game um anything else from last night that you want to cover I know we've got a couple of other stats here that are pretty impressive including fouls last night yeah that actually happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah, let's. Well, we can. Let's get the fouls in a minute. Um, okay. I just want to point out the the other guys that that played well. Uh, Lundy had 15 and seven rebounds. He was great. Yeah. Uh, Funk had 10 and and Kanye Clary, I think, is becoming a story. Right in mm-hmm. in the what he brings the his uh, the dynamic injection he provides to Penn State's offense. I think is is really becoming clear he had 12 points last night uh he's just a guy who can speed things up for you yeah similar to the way that i think they want cam winter to be able to do for them and cam does do at sometimes but (laughs) excuse me whether it's whether it's one or the other you have to have it for this offense to work and him providing it, Kanye providing it on Tuesday night was really an important thing. One, one other, uh, a couple other guys that you have to mention uh, Keba Jai had five rebounds, which were all important. I mean, just you have to be able to rebound against these guys and keep it competitive. And I thought Mikey Henn, in as limited of a, a role as he had, did well. He, he did well um, yeah. in, in his moments. He had a key offensive rebound. Uh, they just it was a, it was everything was so timely about what they did on Tuesday night uh, that it just re- really it was a complete picture. It was a complete picture for not just Jalen pickett but for the entire team. And, uh, you know, obviously it was it was good for them to be able to, to put that together in the context of how difficult things had been for them over the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. And uh, the, the part about Claire, I want to kind of bridge this conversation you, you mentioned the speed and the explosiveness he brings to the court. I feel like at times, because Jalen Pickett is so methodical and because he's physical, you don't get as many of those calls, right? But when you see a fast sure. guy go to the bucket and he's 5'11 and the shot doesn't go in, I think, again, some of these natural assumptions about sports and the way things are going, like, you see the fast guy, you expect him to get fouled. So having that element uh, to force a foul... Because he got by you and you got a grab, but also the optics of it—he's flailing in the yep. air, and people yep. love to. People love the drama of flailing in the air, and even subconsciously, I think referees have have a bias towards that as well. Do you think that's a valid thing? Because they actually got
1: calls the other night; it was th- amazing. Th- do, do you know? Do you, it, it's just it, so a couple of things in our game thread. I I, I mentioned because Clary got two shooting fouls on two of the first drives to the to the bucket that he took and it just it was like man it just must be so frustrating to shrewsbury and to Jalen pickett to see that and and be like hey this is happening to me all the time okay do you know do you know what it's like from uh, and this is a roundabout way because i don't follow boxing at all but Mm -hmm landing body shots right yeah it is such a critical ingredient to that sport but it's not sexy it's not nobody's looking for it right you're looking for for the, the headshots right you're like, yeah jabs to the face uh Jalen Pickett is taking body shots all game he, yep. he is just getting destroyed in his torso but because that's an area that you can't it's Force through the trees, right? You can't see it as clearly when it's happening if you're the officiating crew. So, like, there's a there's a human element to this as well that I think it contributes to it. Yeah. But for one reason or another, last night, not only it, it is not as though Jalen Pickett was drawing fouls in the paint that did not change. What differentiated itself last night, to to my perspective, was. Illinois got hit with a ton of touch fouls, mm-hmm. right? O- over the back uh, on rebounds, stuff on the perimeter. They, they were getting, right, just for-, for being handsy, more or less. Was that-
0: it Nebraska or Indiana the last time Penn State played at the Bryce Jordan Center? And they-, they won another game going away when when the game was called that way. I can't remember which game it was,
1: but kind of the same thing, right? it if it's not it, – Shrewsbury explained it <laughs> against Purdue at the Palestra. If it's not ha- – how, if they cannot draw fouls when teams are fouling, yeah. it's not asking for phantom stuff. It's, hey, our, our action cannot proceed if we are not – if if a team is not being called out of these specific defenses. And that's exactly what happened to, to Illinois last night is Illinois' per- perimeter defense, I thought – was in some ways neutered by the fact that they they were they were getting called like the actual yeah. calls were happening when those fouls were committed and it got Penn State into the bonus early in the second half which I thought really it just cemented things for for Penn State it was it was yeah. a way for Penn State uh to get points without necessarily having to make the shots, right? You, uh, nobody's going to shoot 70% for the entirety of a game. Okay. So, so for as hot as Penn state was as a team in efficiency, you, you can't expect that to sustain for 40 minutes, but if you're getting to the free throw, th- free throw line and have those opportunities to get your points that way, uh, it's a, it's a huge, huge help. And I thought that Mike Shrewsbury uh, pointed that out as well.
0: Explain to me, uh, Ken palms, uh, tweet. You, you've got it here in our notes. I love the <clears throat> reference. I don't
1: understand yeah. all of the stats, so explain. Explain yeah. the Talladega uh profile. And and uh, just fair warning here, I don't know that I'm going to say it exactly correctly either, because it's kind of a super basketball nerd okay thing. Okay, uh, Kempom has these four cores or four pillars of what he believes are, they call them the four factors, obviously, uh, of what he believes are important ingredients to winning basketball games. Effective field goal percentage, turnover percentage, offensive rebound percentage, and free throws attempted against field goals attempted. And (laughs) he says, he says, uh, Penn State's explosive shooting night puts them one step closer to the unthinkable Talladega Knights. Four-factor profile. If you're not first, you're last. Penn State's effective field goal percentage uh, got them to sixth at 56.1. The turnover percentage at 13.3 was first. And then offensive rebound was 17.2, at which is 363. And naturally, they're not going to have offensive rebounds if they're making shots. Uh, but, the, but the thing that kills Penn State is that last factor. The, the free throws attempted against field goals attempted at 18.3. It's not it's not close to what you need to have. And so he explained, you have to go really deep into the woods on it, but the explanation is you can be good at three and bad at one, and it can really sink a team. Uh, But Mm -hmm. teams generally that are good at four are, are very good teams. Um, And and so Penn state just has this unique position of like, you know, exactly what this team is, which is if they're not first, are last, and they will lose the game.
0: Yeah. If it's not a good night for their shooting and turnovers, it's not going to be a good night for any of it. Um, and then, of course, when it comes to the matchup last night, the team played really well and seems to play really well against that particular team. What did Michael Shrewsbury have to say about kind of that matchup-specific thing of Illinois shop-blocking versus Penn State's shooting?
1: Well, I mean he, he they, they brought the foul aspect into clarity of just saying, Hey guys, uh, this is <coughs> excuse me, this is the type of team that you're playing. You have to be able to to adjust the style of play to be able to draw fouls that they have not done previously. And more or less he was saying, Hey, it worked. It worked.
2: They're one of the best shot blocking teams in our league. Um, so trying to play off two feet, um, being disciplined and using shot fakes, whether it be on the perimeter in the paint. Um, and then, you know, people are so focused on our, on our threes, not letting us get threes. I think we had more people attacking the rim on drives. We had more people driving the ball, um, pick it down in the post. So, um, trying to get some switches and get to the matchups that we wanted, that where he was drawing those fouls. So, um, you know, and, and then some of those are like, you know, we got rebound. We got in the bonus early, and then we got a couple free throws or had some free throws on re- defensive rebounds, just boxing out, being in the right spot, being strong with the ball. So um, it's helpful, right? Then you're not scrapping for every single every single point you get.
0: I think he made a good point there that one of the things that they've been inconsistent about at times is controlling the part of the glass that can, which is effort, positioning, and not doing dumb things when you're out of position. I felt like they they did a good job. You mentioned Mikey Hen and Kevin Jai just being clean down low. And th- that's a that's a huge factor for this team. There there weren't a lot of like turnovers on missed dunks or things like that. It was just a really clean game on both sides in the paint for the bigs yep. last night.
1: Yeah, they they I mean uh, just as a team they had very few turnovers until the last uh, couple of minutes of the game when uh, Illinois was pressing and things got a little sloppy, but I I just to the comment that he just said, I mean, the the, uh, exasperation dripping from his comment at the very end, you know, just like, then you're not scrapping for every single point, you know, it's like this has been such a theme for them all season. And last night they didn't have to, they didn't have to deal with it. And it it came, I mean, the, the funniest thing about it to me is it's not as though there was this massive disparity where Penn State had 20 free throws and Illinois had four, it was, no, Illinois had 20, and Penn State had 19, but that <laughs> alone, <laughs> that alone is that, a disparity from what's been going on for this team. Correct. Correct. And so, I don't know. It's just super interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how games are called in the future, and if Penn State learned anything, if this yeah. group learned anything about, hey, this is what might open the door to a little bit more of this to, to help themselves out. Cause they, they just, they need to get to the free throw line and they have not been able to all season. So one of the other
0: things we talked about this year was defensive effort being insular from the offensive performance. Obviously last totally. night you were doing a great job. So I don't know that we have the answer to that, but did you get an answer from anybody about that particular part of the team and the profile.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that they acknowledged it, right? Is Jalen Pickett and I? I didn't want to be the bad guy necessarily, but you have to ask it. Illinois was doing just about anything they wanted to do as well offensively, specifically yeah. in the first half. I mean, it was it was Penn State. Yes, was so hot that I think it was difficult for Illinois to keep up necessarily but Illinois was still scoring at like 1.13 for the game uh, on offensive possessions. Like that's really good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good number. Uh, and so you, you just have to wonder, did Penn state make any strides defensively uh, that I'm not sure that, that Jalen Pickett, he kind of smiled when I asked it, right? Because he, he knew, okay, there, there are still definitely things that they need to work on.
2: I feel like steps were made in spurts. Like when our offense is going, we play really, we play good defense. Like we want to get more stops because we want to get on offense. But when teams are scoring, um, we get maybe a little bit overwhelmed. Like we want to play a perfect possession every time. So I think our mental needs to get a little bit stronger for us um, to keep going. But we got time to fix that.
0: Yeah, sometimes no, they don't <laughs> sometime. <laughs> I mean, literally there are yeah. 24 hours in every day. So I guess if that's what you mean, then sure. But in terms of yeah. conceptual time, not not really. So uh, yeah. where, where do you go with this heading into again? Yeah, game no, they I have
1: to win uh, next up. I asked Micah about it and he he more or less said, hey, uh, you, you just have to lean into the things that you did well okay and they did enough things well against illinois to be able to take snippets of that and say okay do it again okay mm-hmm. do those things again and maybe add a little bit more to it but his stress of fixing it it seems to me is dissipating right like th- this yeah. this notion of okay well we we are going to go back to this we're going to find our identity we're going to right Making I, them my, my bulletproof, like I just making their my their, sense what they do. I, I don't think that they're going to try to do that. I mm. think they're acknowledging, hey, this is what we are. And I don't think that Micah Shrewsbury likes it. <laughs> I don't think that's that's not the team he wants that's to because he knows he knows that it's it's a dangerous combination when the shots aren't falling. When Penn State doesn't feel good. Penn State doesn't want to play defense. These guys want to be electric. They want to be showstoppers offensively. He said it all season. It's just a matter of, hey, if that's not happening, what can you rely on? What do you have to fall back on? And this team doesn't have a lot to fall back on except its effort. (laughs) And so defensively, I think coming out of Maryland where the defensive effort was improved, even if the defensive approach wasn't always perfect, and this game where same deal, the, the effort was there. I think that's what they're going to try to to juice out of these guys over these last five games. So let's wrap up here by looking ahead. Um, yep.
0: We already did. We started there, but now that we've kind of recapped where the team is heading out of this win. Yep. Do we have a feeling on how it's going to go at Minnesota Saturday at you're not kidding here.
1: 9 p.m. Yeah, well, it's, it's East Coast, and that's a that's a central time zone game, so it's Ugh. eight o'clock in Minnesota. But yes, you don't have to watch. It's okay. I'll watch. For I'm you. obviously gonna watch. This is my job. <laughs> yeah. Um. Minnesota. Minnesota's not a good team this year. They can't score, and they can't defend. So, so that combination alone should give Penn state fans nightmares. Okay. Just (laughs) because (laughs) it's too easy. It's it's too obvious. This one is, this one is too obvious. Uh, Minnesota has dealt with some COVID issues. They've had games that got canceled. Uh, And so, yeah, like the, the thing about this is you can look at the rest of the schedule. Okay. At Ohio state after this one, Rutgers at home at Northwestern Maryland at home. You, if you win all the other games, okay, you can lose one of those four games and it's okay. It's Mm -hmm. not the end of the world. You cannot lose at Minnesota and win the other four games. This is the one game that you cannot lose from a bad loss perspective. Okay. It's not about good wins. It's, bad loss. You cannot have this as a loss and win the other four and think that you're going to be okay, because you're not, you're not that it'll, it'll stand out. It'll be glaring based on Minnesota's record this year. And, and again, I mean, the stats that I just mentioned, it's just, it's just not a good team. And so Penn state's going to have to slay some demons and find a way to, if not flourish on the road offensively, then at least grind out a win. Yeah.
0: Just get, just get it done. Like it doesn't matter that this is one of the worst teams in the league. You're one of the worst teams in the league when you go on the road. So just win it. Yeah. Don't, don't be looking for style
1: points in this one. Yep. You can't They're going to have to get ugly, whatever it is, right? If the, if the three point shots are not falling, they're going to have to find a way to manufacture points because the reality is it's not going to take that many to win Mm -hmm. or it shouldn't take that many to win just based on Minnesota's offensive efficiencies. So you have to play defense. You have to be solid defensively. uh, And then you just have to find a way to manufacture points uh, and and just come out of it with a win. And then you can approach, like address the rest of it after that game. Okay. Start, start thinking about, uh, uh, you know, stringing wins together once you've actually done two in a row, which has not happened this calendar year.
0: So going circling back to one last thing that we talked about earlier and applying it to this game, let's say the three pointers or just general, the shooting is not going great. Uh, Saturday does the addition of Kanye Clary to the rotation going to the bucket, forcing the issue. Does that make you feel better about Penn state's offensive chances? Or is that just another wild card given he's a freshman?
1: Um, I do. No, I do think it, I do think it helps their chances. I do. I, I, they, it's just not represented elsewhere. If, if Cam Winter isn't providing it and you you know, Cam's had his ups and downs this year, no doubt about it, but through the big 10, it's been more downs, I would argue than ups. And so if Kanye Clary is the hot hand, to that end of of that specific ingredient to the offense of slashing and getting to the basket to to score layups because you can just beat a guy off the dribble. Yeah. You know, I think that that helps them. Um, And I, and I don't necessarily think that Minnesota presents Michael was talking about it on Tuesday night, how, you keep Cam in the starting lineup because Cam can recognize things. He's had experience. He knows what defenses are doing, and it's of a benefit to Kanye to to be able to see that from the sideline over the game's first four minutes, first six minutes, whatever it is, until he comes in. So I I, I do think that Cam will continue to start, but I, I do think also that Clary's role—he's established at this point that he can provide something to, to Penn State's offense that it doesn't have otherwise. And yeah, they'll, they'll continue to lean in on that.
0: So we'll see again, Saturday yeah. at nine on the BTN. Uh, you can always follow blue, white illustrated on Twitter. And the place you need to be is blue, white, illustrated.com. The lion's den message forum. make sure you subscribe uh, to get premium content. So you can get all of the basket basketball inside information from Nate twenty nine ninety nine from now until next football season. So you get a deal on the yearly rate, and uh, you get an introduction to what you can get in basketball season. Even if we are winding to a close, there's never a lack of inside information. If you're listening to this and you're a basketball fan, you probably probably have an idea about what's going on with Penn State football as well. Like you might keep tabs on that. If you want to get all that information bluewhiteillustrated.com is your place for insider information and of course subscribing is free wherever you hear my voice so youtube podcasts all that stuff help support us and we'll keep uh, bringing you all this awesome content nate thanks so much buddy i always appreciate it thanks for having me that'll do it for the bwi daily edition the hoop show coming up Uh, live tonight if you're watching this as it's live or shortly after we have our live show 7 p.m we are discussing uh, a couple of things including what's Penn State's self-scouting looking like today 7 p.m be there on the BWI Daily Edition